Let's go. Yo, this is one of this podcast. Your boy Dane. What's happening? It's your boy Haywood in the building. Homecoming, episode seventeen. You done? All right, proceed. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's your boy Reese. What's up? What's going down? What's up? What's up? It's your boy Jeremy. We got another special guest in the building too, as well. My LB, my brother hey. Dino. My link. Hey. My link liar, man. <laughs> so, bro, how you doing, man? I'm just trying to make it, man. I, I can't believe my wife let me out of the house. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm just happy. I love you, baby. I ain't, no, I ain't seen you in forever. Forever. <laughs> I am ha- happily married, and I stay home on purpose. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you ain't got to go home with us. You got to go home with us. <laughs> I got shades on, so I can't see my eyes. I can dig it. I can my dig eyes it. are telling you guys that he's lying. Hey, but hey, if y'all haven't noticed, man, we're out at, the te- at Texas State University today for the homecoming celebration. Yes, sir. Yeah. Kicking it with the noobs. We're gonna have a good time. Got a couple of drinks in our hands right now. Yes. Yes. A couple yes. bottles on the table. <laughs> you can't see that boy Reese's eyes though. <laughs> 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 we so, just kicking it, man. How y'all doing, man? What's up? Hey, what are you doing, bro? I'm blessed, man. I'm happy to be out here. If y'all don't know, the noobs always have take homecoming very serious. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, wife, chill, kids, chill. I need to be with my boys, you know, where we really set set time apart to really like make it a priority to be together. So I'm happy to be here. Drop my kid off at a mama uh, grandma house. Said I'll call you later. And uh yeah, I'm here. Abandon <laughs> <laughs> your child. You know, we got a little bit of a rundown from you. Chad, how you doing, man? man I'm doing fantabulous, man. <laughs> Just extraordinary. I feel real good. I'm ready to get this show in, man. I mean, we on location. As said, we got drinks in our hand. Yes, sir. We pulling up. This, hey, this episode That's might it. go some, to a different place today. No, it ain't. I, I, I think it just <laughs> might. We got to be open. Yeah, yeah man. We got to be open to it. We I, be open. I think it'd be great if we bring up that topic of discussion that I brought up earlier. That Which one was that one? Oh, don't do that. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. To be, you know, to be continued. Are we nasty noobs today? Or we, uh, yeah, okay, okay. What's up, Jeremy, man? How you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be out here kicking it with the bros. You know, we drinking, having a good time. It's going it's to be a fun day, man. It's going to be fun. Man, it feels good, man. I'm glad to be with y'all today, man. My wife is watching my two boys. I love you, Tracy. She knows I'm going to be out all day today. Hey, all day. Be kicking it, huh? I'll be back when I be back. So I'm going to have to do a lot extra to make up for it, not being at the house. Bless boys, man. Bless sad, man. We going to get started, man. We got a couple of things to talk about today, man. So in our trending topics, we're going to talk about this Popeye's chicken sandwich. We're driving everybody. Fucking crazy. Everybody can't speak on it though. Cause I still I still ain't had it. Yeah, I ain't had it either. And I ain't gonna have it. Only two people at this table have had it. That's why I'm still alive. (laughs) So Dino (laughs) Hold on, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. And then also we're gonna talk about T.I. checking his daughter's hymen. I had to Google this shit because I didn't know what a hymen was. You know what a hymen was? Man, who using that language? What's the street word? <laughs> is it appropriate? I, mean, I don't even feel comfortable saying it. What is the street word? I don't even the feel cherry? comfortable saying it. Is that the cherry? That's cherry. it. That's cherry. It is. 100% is the cherry. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I don't exactly. say it either. That ain't the street name either. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about Drake allegedly dating Kylie Jenner. Allegedly. You better be careful. And then we're going to also talk about 
the black experience in a predominantly white university since we're at Texas yeah, State University yeah, today, man. man. You may get a you may get a college story in here, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how we got some fun with it today. Oh yeah. Some fun with it today. So let's get into it, man. What's up with this chicken sandwich, man? Did y'all see that white man get his ass whooped at Popeyes for calling everybody niggas? We just told y'all the N-word is not for you. It's not. Yes, yes. They made it. <laughs> <laughs> he should know better than that, man. Yeah, that's wild. So tell them if they haven't seen it, like, what, what, tell them about the clip. So apparently this uh, this gentleman, and I don't even know exactly what happened, but you know, for entertainment purposes, I actually watched this ignorant nonsense. This white man was apparently in Popeye's chicken. He got into an altercation with an African American individual, and the N word was immediately thrown out. Immediately, immediately, immediately thrown out. Like he, he like it's it too comfortable for that. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> no like hesitation. Rolled off his tongue like he said it every day of his life. It was it was it a hard racist? Oh, hard, 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 nigger. All you niggers in here. Whoa, wait a minute. Like two hours. Is there any? Other R, yeah. <laughs> you hey, he, he wasn't using the term of endearment, <laughs> but no, he went through the line. He was calling people niggas. Went outside and so he had to see them hands. Then. Needs to say the next clip a couple <laughs> few moments later. He's getting his ass whooped <laughs> outside. Who are you calling a nigga? And they was and they took your sandwiches from him. Oh damn! So it's whole purpose. <laughs> Hey, you can say whatever you want to, but you just gotta suffer them consequences yeah. that come with it. Yeah. That's all. That's what it is. That's, that's, that's just, what it is. If, that, you gonna, if you're gonna talk that talk, yeah. you better be ready. No. Yeah. I think we're missing the whole point of this, though. Well, what is that? They wouldn't have been fighting if it wasn't for this damn chicken sandwich, because that man wouldn't have been in Popeyes that day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, so you blaming the chicken sandwich? Goddamn come on, sandwich. man. <laughs> chicken sandwich, you motherfuckers insane. What the fuck is my question. So, how many of y'all have actually had the Popeyes? I'm not. I'm not eating it on principle. I'm only eating it on principle. I'm not eating it on principle. So, like, I haven't had it. I'm, oh, you I haven't had it? Haven't had it. No, I've only been. I've only been eating Chick Fil A. So you Chick Fil A. You the only one. You're the only one. You the only one. That I said it's good. I said it's good. I said. I said it's better than Chick Fil A. And some people are comparing it in terms of the hype. But you got to compare it if you didn't hear the hype. You know what I'm saying? If you didn't hear the hype, it's better than Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A is good. So it's so when some niggas like it's not it's not even that good. You're only saying that because the hype. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But a set it's only four things on it. Bread, chicken, pickles, and sauce. Right. All of them in each four category is better than Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And Chick-fil-A, even- and Chick-fil-A is a strong six, six and a half, depending on who's rating it. It's a solid sandwich. You but you but you were saying it was good even before the hype. Yes, because I found the sandwich earlier. My boy put me, no, Slim Thug, I said I was on IG, and Slim Thug said, people are saying this sandwich is better than Chick-fil-A, and he went through the drive-thru, yeah. and he got it. And I so supposedly I found out that it came out of Houston first, supposedly, Okay. before Austin. I don't know the strategy, but supposedly it came out. I'm not going to lie, it looks delicious. You know, I wouldn't mind having a piece of it, but I can't, man. man. That steroid chicken, you see how big that piece of chicken is? We just, we just had a recall over two million uh, chickens um, across the country, yeah. too. That shit good, bro. <laughs> Is it, is it a matter of seasoning? Like, is it is it a go? Is it yes? So it feels like it, it, feel, it feels like it feels like like low key like a nigga made it. Like it's, butter, <laughs> it's, 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 bread, it's buttery bread. 
It's like your grandmama fry some chicken. Like like the, the chicken sandwich, the, the chicken at Chick-fil-A is not crispy. Maybe the Easy Tiger one is. It's like a crispy, hot, like a uh, Raisin Cane patty type crispy chicken. Okay. I'm saying, that's what it is. But I'm saying, though, like, why does this chicken sandwich seem like it turns y'all into, like, food connoisseurs? Bro, like, you know me. I'm just saying, like, you want to you wanna hear, like, somebody in a fat kid come out? Ask them about the Popeye's Here's the only thing I, I like about it. The thing that I like about it, not necessarily the sandwich, is that simple things are good. Pieces, sauce, cheese, and it don't have to be extravagant to be good. It's only four things on it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so all I'm saying is, Are you making a yolk review right now? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm not defending Popeyes because I haven't got. It. I mean, I'm good. I want y'all to try, but you know, it's it's quality. It's you know. I'm probably gonna give it a year before I try it, man. I want to see how everybody walking, talking. Honestly, me, I'm not worried about any of that. I'll go try it. I just don't want to wait in lines. That, that's my yeah, biggest that's thing. thing too. You know I'm what I'm saying? If I can go in and go ahead and get that chicken sandwich, I'm going to go ahead and eat it. That's okay. I want to see what it's about. That's okay. Y'all, y'all go ahead and do that. You know what I'm saying? Because in, in about 10 years, y'all going to be a part Start of- Start barking. Y'all going to be a part of a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? You what's up? Y'all, y'all going to see this, man. We got some news coming in. Somebody young bro stepping in. What's up, man? Hayes County? Hayes good. What's good? Yeah, it's probably gonna be a regular thing. Yeah, what's that? Right. Jack? Wait, wait, wait. What's these Jack? What's these? What's these? See, I'm t- see, nah, look, nah, see, nah. see, see. They come in fresh every year. They make us look. They make us look old every year. They got what is this? What is this? Nine in, nine out. Come on, man. Come on, man. Man, I'm clean, bro. I'm most clean, dog. Yeah, they are. Hey man, hey, it's kind of news. We only get better with age. Hey baby. man, <laughs> but, but like I, but he like the, I was, he got a crown in the pouch. Like I was saying, <laughs> the like, like I was saying though, man. I said y'all go ahead and keep doing that. In about ten years, y'all gonna be a part of this lawsuit that's gonna say if you or your loved one suffers from mesothelioma. I think it's pronounced mesothelioma. I don't think that's how you say it. Mesothelioma. <laughs> <laughs> Everything got me feeling good right now. Damn, drink, drink hit you a little bit hard. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, man. How, how far are we on that? I think so it's just, funny. I don't know, man. The mass hysteria, man, about this sandwich is just ridiculous, man. I can't, I can't participate in it. I, I would view it as like, okay, so I, I think. You know, kind of what we were talking about earlier about representation. I think this this Popeye's chicken is more like, oh, we got something that you know kind of feels like our own type of sandwich. So that's where I think the mass hysteria, and that's why it's gone viral, is because we feel like, oh, this is ours, and you can have yeah, Chick-fil-A and, and all that. And, shit. and it's and it's not like we're supporting. It's not like we're supporting Arby's. Like niggas eat Popeyes. Anyway. Who eats Arby's? That, well, like, nobody. <laughs> like seriously, I had a I, I had a conversation with my wife. I said Arby. I feel like Arby's is a drug front organization. <laughs> They gotta be selling cocaine. I haven't heard of anybody wanting to eat an Arby sandwich. If, if doing have it, you it, even it, had an Arby sandwich? I have, I have. When I, I was a kid, I, have, I haven't had a recent. Yeah. But that shit look good on the commercials, how, how though. Recent? That shit how is recent? good, though. No, I was, in, I was like, undergrad. Nobody goes to Arby's but senior citizens. No, no. I think it's a Northeast, like like that uh, cold cuts type. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a Northeast thing. I mean, they be popping out commercials like they pushing meth. Bro, they got, you know what I think it is? I think it's one of those situations where, you know, like a, a, a chain owes, I bet you like Wendy's, Owns Arby's or something. I like think Arby's so bought Sonic. I'm, I forgive me if I'm wrong, but they might have just bought it's so, like, uh, Sonic. That's one of the things in the chain. You know oh, that like how yeah. Fuddruckers is tied to uh to another restaurant. Right, right, right. Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers. I had Fuddruckers for years. 
Yeah, I think it's some money tied to the to the to the people who own multiple chains because Arby's. I just don't see it. But my thing was, damn, I lost the point. You were talking about you got me on Arby's. How's <laughs> the drug front? And they oh, sell before cocaine. That, before that, how, how it's how I'm it's like something that we, that. Can, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure niggas eat Popeyes. Like, oh, anyway, Popeyes is good. Oh, yeah, Popeyes no, I'm is saying good. so. It's not, like, it's not like we we wasn't supporting Popeyes. Right. I ain't never had nobody. I should. Now I grew up eating churches, KFC, and Popeyes, but we didn't have Popeyes the most because Popeyes cost the much. Churches, know? churches was the cheapest. So we back was eating churches. Exactly. That's what, that's what we used to eat. We was eating churches. churches. Hey, when you go to when you go to New Orleans, Popeyes tastes different over there for some reason. Would it be hitting over there? Way. Oh, yeah. I'm it telling you. I know. I saw a spider. Yeah, my favorite alpha coming up here, man. Branston. Hold on, man. Come on, man. My brother and Branston. <laughs> my brother Branston. That boy Branston coming to hey, man. We just the militia. The militia. Hey, can we get a, can we get a little tune? Can we get it? Ooh, yeah. My brother Branston. My brother Branston. Yeah. It's alpha. See, he came with his own chicken. A five A five A in the building. Get my L I T I. Just give him give him a little bit. Branson, so give him a little bit. Give him a little bit. Give him a little bit. Oh, man. Why you put me on the spot? Come on, Branson. You got Eddie's in the chamber, bro. You professional, bro. You professional. You like Mr. Brown. Man. You got to get up in that mic, though. <laughs> you, you, you might have to clean it up and post. I, I, got I, got I, got I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. That Maxwell used to hit like, ooh, 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 Oh, that's my brother. That's my brother. That's my brother. Hey, 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 that's my brother Branston, man. I'll catch you. I mean, get your ass out for sure. Nigga trying to take out our listeners with that shit. Get out of here. Hey, that's my brother A5A, man. It's all love at Texas State, man. All love. But we still noobs at the end of the day. Yeah, we are not that guy. Nah, you right, got so them. They ride under your left hand. <laughs> exactly. Oh, shit. Drink already. Alpha. <laughs> no, he ain't had nothing to drink. It's alpha. <laughs> hey, well, man. Hey, we let's jump. Let's jump into the next trending topic, man. What's up? What do y'all think about Ti checking his daughter's hymen, bro? Hey, going to the gynecologist and getting all her. Personal so, sensitive so information. Hey, was the only one that has a daughter in this group. I would say that. I, <laughs> I don't. I, I couldn't do it. I mean, it's it's such a it's such a like weird. It's it's not even like being protective. It's damn near like it's kinda, I don't even know how to explain. It. I just know it's invasive. It's extremely invasive, and, and not only that, but like for it to come to light like that, like where like I mean, kids these days are like social media is everything, and this going viral is going to just embarrass her at school. Like you know, that, that's how I feel. Like, oh, you yeah. know, as a parent, like yeah. not only are you telling everybody, not only are you telling everybody you check my hymen. But like you know, like now it's, it's it's embarrassing, it's invasive, and I think it's I think it's inappropriate to be quite honest. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy, man. I think that, and I, I put this on our text thread the other day. I feel like that's just bad carbon coming back to get. Ti, because you know if you've been, I'm not necessarily saying he was a dirt bag, but if you've been out there doing dirt, you've been treating women bad. 
that's the first thing that comes to your mind. You just gonna you gonna have so much anxiety. You want to get your daughter's hymen checked so nobody else is doing her dirt. Well, well as, as somebody having a daughter, I, I, I don't think because that's the first thing I believed in. Like, I, like I literally remember like when Sonic Ground, like my face dropped. <laughs> like I didn't want a daughter, bro. And y'all know me, I am with my baby girl. I think it was one of the best things. Like how it changes a man. It changed a man like a a, a boy can. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I can't explain it, but trust me, because you can just treat them treat them like your boy. You can treat your little your homie like your look like like a little new. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But your yeah. daughter, you can't. And your daughter is gonna be totally different. So I have to be soft and I have to be patient and I have to be understanding because when your when your daughter curl her lip up on you, it's like different. It's different, bro. And so I thank God for that. So I understand his intention, and I'm not too worried about it because it's like how you police your family is how you do your family. I don't have to agree with all that shit because he probably did a lot of other good shit. You know what I'm saying? Pay for a school, buying a car. You know what I'm saying? In his oh, life yeah. the whole time. So it's fucking weird. But at the end of the day, I ain't gonna lose no sleep on it because that's his family, and that's how he gonna do. What is it how I would do? No. Yeah. It's kind of fucking weird, even even because I, she's 18 now. Yeah. So I would hope that would cease because she's probably about to go to college. Right. You know what I'm saying, but honestly, for me and me having a daughter, I can chime in. I just want to, I just want to have that relationship with my daughter. Where I'm like, yo, if you fucking, I'd rather you tell me. Let's get you on the pill. Like I'm for real. Like if you fucking, like I swear I won't get mad. If you gonna be having sex. Let's get you on the pill Let's be smart Yeah you know exactly what I'm that's, yeah. that's how I want The relationship With my daughter to be Because I know how life changing It can be to have a kid As a kid Well my question is Can the hymen be broken With uh, with your fingers though Yes I know So So supposedly Planned Parenthood Is not even An accurate thing to do Planned Parenthood Put on there saying this It's not even possible That's what that's It's what not possible With your fingers To, to break no, the hymen no, no, to, to, to be able to ch- to tell, Oh to tell The hymen still the, intact Yeah Gotcha. I, I, I just think it's a it's a hell of a way to find out that that your daughter is having sex. I I, I think that's very awkward and very weird, weird when you come to realization. You're like, oh shit. That's not how you want to find out. No, that's not how you want to find out. You want your daughter to be upfront, come to you, be like, hey dad, I am having sex, and like what Chris was saying, we can take preventative measures when it comes to birth control, contraceptives, all that type of stuff. So uh, I don't necessarily agree with what he's done, but. Kind of what even, Damon was touching on. I think he did some 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 shit back in the day. So did some dirt back in the day, and that's why he's worried about yeah, it. That's what I think. I don't think he's worried about like what you what you would be like as a father worried about. You know, you know, should we get contraceptive? Should we make sure that she's not you know, you know, being promiscuous promiscuous or getting the STD or anything like that? He's just trying to make sure that nobody's having sex with yeah, his daughter. That she ain't at here. the end of the day because he knew how he used to act when he was. Uh, yeah, but a young guy growing up. I, I think there's a different approach to that. I don't think you need to necessarily be invasive and asking the gynecologist like, "Hey, is my daughter's hymen broken?" I think, I think the way he raised her and like, you know, showing her that, hey, like, you know, I love you, and we, not, you know, we don't. You're my daughter, and I can show you that a man can love you without needing sex from you. you right. know, I think that that lesson right there should help her understand, like, okay, you know, I, I don't necessarily have to be promiscuous, but. When the time comes, if I do want to lose my virginity, it'll be with the right person at the right time because my father showed me or he taught me that a man can love me without needing sex. Yeah. You know, so. What you think, Uncle Chad? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I honestly think it just shut the mic. No, not sleep. Honestly, I just, just shut the fuck up. Like, why men cannot continue because he's telling women what to do with their bodies? I'm sick of this shit, bro. I'm sick and tired of hearing this shit. And this is what me and my wife had gotten to about it. Like, 
you know, I feel her. That's what she said. She's like, man, when is it going to come the time where men just shut the fuck up about what women do with their bodies? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that shit going on right now is in Alabama. Basically, you you better have a baby or else. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. We're pulling women's rights away from them. Right in front of their face. You know what I'm saying? So, that's we how think I he's being an overprotective dad, though, at the same time. Because, I, I mean, I don't have any daughters, of course. But if I had a daughter... I mean, my goal in life is to try to keep as many fuck niggas away from her as possible. But what are you going to do when he find out, though? So he took up in there and found out, yeah, I'm in his broken. What, what was going to happen? Oh, he'll probably be upset. Oh, yeah. But, he, but, but he, he has the right intention. His, just, his approach is wrong. Yeah. Right. right. And, that's, and that's what I, I, I completely agree with James here. So, so let me ask you this. So what if, you're, what if y'all's mom approached y'all and was like, hey, are you, are you fucking? And say you are fucking. Are you gonna be honest with her and tell her, "Yeah, mom, I'm having sex." Yes. Be honest. Are y'all really gonna tell yes. your mom that you having sex? It was yes, weird for me because my mom actually gave me condoms. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay. My mom was like, After "Look, my if mom you," said I she was like, "If you're gonna be out there, look, I want you to be protected." So she gave me condoms and stuff like that. And I was just like, "Yeah, okay." I used to lie my ass off. They said you having sex. I said, "Mm mm." Even worse, little little anecdote. So when I was in high school, my uh, so my mother found. Okay, this, I'm just like 17, 18. My wife, or my mother, she found used condoms in the trash can in my room. Right? <laughs> Not only that, so still that's denying like, this shit. Yeah, <laughs> and then the next thing is, so at the time, the girl I was with, like, you know, we took a shower together because nobody was in the house. And guess who showed up to the house? My mother. And so she took it to the point, she was like, you know what, I'm going to tell, I want to talk to her mother to ask if she's on birth control. And I was like, no, 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 no. So like to her though it was normal and, and I I guess like you know like Chris just said it that, that's TI's normal. Like no, I wanna be very, you know, informed about my daughter's you know, my daughter's, you know, sexual activity and all that. Just like my mom wanted to make sure I was good to go and going to talk to my you know, the girl's parent. Luckily my dad stopped that shit, but you know, my mother wanted to know, hey, she just was trying to protect me. And I think what TI's intention is, but it's just weird as fuck. Like, yeah, yeah. So what do y'all think now? So we're, you know, at least Chad, Dino, and I are fathers of boys. What do y'all think about, you know what I'm saying, you know, holding our boys responsible for Don't sexual activity and stuff like that? Don't stand it. <laughs> Double standard? Double standard. <laughs> so... This, this is my thing of what I want to teach my daughter and I want to teach my son eventually. And this is my philosophy on how you deal with women now. My only stipulation is if you're going, if you're going, whatever you're going to do, tell the truth. And it's not game to lie. Game is when you tell a woman the truth and she down with it. Right. I, I don't want to be in a relationship. This is what you, we can do. That's it. And if you're down with that, that's game to me. You know what I'm saying? So manipulation is not game. So all I'm saying is, all I'm telling my daughter is, press the man to tell him what you what what's expected, and when he tell you what it is, that's what it is. But yeah. if you don't ask him, then he ain't gonna tell you. And right. What I tell, what I want to tell my son is, it's just if she, when she asks you, don't lie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Tell your intentions because it's not cool to fuck over women that we did. That's not that shit not cool, okay? Yeah, the absolutely. Shit I've done, I'm not proud of that. And that's before I had a daughter. That's not, that's, 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 we've all done some shit like, damn. Well, I think right now Damn. that with the climate and how everything's changing, I know me personally, I'm I'm of the mindset, like, I want my boys to be prepared. I'm not saying that, you know, as far as sexual activity, you need to, for, you know, stay away from it. I would like you to. 
but I want you to be more careful about, you know, what's going on in that scenario. Like if, if a woman says no or a lady says no to you, it's no. You stop immediately. Yeah. Like don't don't even try to press it, you know what I'm saying? Cause she's not ready for that right there at that at that point in time. So it's more so trying to protect them because you know we're in the Me Too era. You know I don't know what that's gonna look like 15 years down the road, but you know you want I want my boys to be protected against stuff like that because you never know the ramifications from. I don't want them to lose their the life, college career, or anything that they got going on in their lives right now, man. So it's you know it's a little bit different. And like Chad's saying, I mean my first mind is you know it's a double standard. Of course, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. You're not going to be the same with boys like you would be with girls. Right. And when it comes to sex and the conversation is going to be a lot easier for me, in my opinion. But at the same time, like now, I'm worried about you being protected out here and stuff like that. Not, you know, being ostracized by society for a decision that you made, you know, in a, you know, a lustful moment. You know what right. I'm saying? So, so the big thing for me is on the on the male side is to make sure or either i guess either sex is to let you know that hey i just want to let you know if you do it don't do it because no pressure right feel like you got to do it because you feel a connection with that person i can't say you 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 wrong because i've done it but don't do it because you feel like you got to fit in because you always got love from your daddy and your mama no matter what so if you do it and you had a girlfriend just don't do it out of like some ego like childish i agree man i agree with that 100 but but if you i mean but at the end of the day i gotta swallow that pill if you do it because at the end of the day I did it, but I didn't lose. Yeah. I personally didn't lose my virginity till after high school because I was just didn't have no confidence. Right. I didn't know how to like be like, yo, I want to get on them drugs. So, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I be transparent about it. I lost mine when I was 16, but it was more so just to pressure everybody around us. That's what, I mean, I'm from a small town. Not a lot of people there. It's, yeah. You know, only thing to do is to essentially have sex or play sports and shit like that. They so, fucking, they fucking so, so basically. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, hey, K-Town, man, is dirty out there, but basically it seems like, like it really seems like, man, I just want my, my son to whatever woman he ends up with to understand, man, love her like mommy loves dad, like mommy loves daddy, like daddy loves mommy. I want, I want my son to recognize that. So that means how I treat my wife in front of my son. You know what I'm saying How she reacts to all that I want him to understand Like this is joy This is love That we have for each other That's the way he's gonna learn You know Cause um, Families who Who are raised in like Violence And that kid recognizes that He sees that This is the same thing You know what I'm saying This kid's learn He's learning Inappropriate behaviors Through that But through seeing his mom and his dad Love one another You know what I'm saying That's how I want my son to grow Yeah You know Absolutely Absolutely What you think Dino man You got you a little boy man I mean, it, it goes back to my earlier statement where I'm saying, like, you got to set the right example. I mean, I, I'm i glad my wife corrects me on some of the stuff because we, we, will, we will start, like, even get on the like the precipice of, like, an argument. She's like, hey, and we got to stop because little man is kind of looking at us like, you know, tilted head, like, hey, what the hell's going on? Like, mommy and daddy are speaking loudly, you know? And it's more so now as he's starting to walk around and get older and older, he's going to really start to question, like, hey, what the hell? How's your son? It's 18 months. 19. 18 months. 18 months. <laughs> Niggas don't want to say nigga almost too. <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's he's 62 weeks old. That's <laughs> But uh yeah, no, I I think you know like 
so for example, like Lenjo, my father was, you know, I love my father to death, but the way he raised me and how he was with my mother, I, I think I'm going to differentiate with that. You know, partly because, you know, it was a different army then, um, you know, and they're a little bit more, I guess, aggressive, you know, when it came to like corporal punishment and all that stuff, and then how, you know, he would speak to my mother. But to this, you know, to that extent, I think that, you know, me continuing to like constantly look at that and then course correct and then my wife obviously telling me, hey, you know, we got to act a certain way in front of the baby and then, you know, setting that correct example will eventually lead to him becoming, a, you know, a man right. that accepts the responsibility of, you know, taking a girl's virginity or having sex at a certain age. So. What's up, man? That's what's up. Go ahead. I mean, even though I ain't got no kids. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it, man. Man, so so I don't have any kids or whatever, but I, I think God is gonna probably gonna bless me with some daughters. I I, I think yeah, that's probably gonna I, I, I think that's probably gonna be the I, case. I, I, yeah, I have to agree with that. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But uh, but my main thing is is going to be able to to have a special bond. Uh, we should we shouldn't make it. It's not punishment, bro. No, I don't know. I don't think it's punishment at all. But, yeah, but, no, but, it's but punishment. The stigma. <laughs> it's punishment. The the every daughter that you have is a bullet in the head of your youth. No, it's what? Not. <laughs> because you know what? I'm just joking. I'm just you know, we're gonna take care of daddy, you know what I'm saying? When he get old, yeah, baby girl. But it's also gonna probably gonna change your perspective, kind of, kind of what you were talking about. It kind of change your perspective on on women and, and how to treat women and oh, and all that, not right? Necessarily, not necessarily because that should be, but if it is the, the, the change agent that makes you, you know, say treat women better, right? Because it's crazy because. I've always said that we can look at children completely different in a relationship, even though it's kind of the same thing. Okay. In terms of like how you need to be understanding and like and loving with with a uh, with a child. Yeah. And how I notice how I can be like, damn, if I was just like that with my partner, everything would be better. And so you can segment because it's it's a totally different body. So it's it's easy to be like understanding when it's a little baby. You understand, right? Don't right. Understand. But when you get around a woman, if you take that same mindset that you did with how patient you are, and I, I want y'all to chime in. I feel like if, we, if men was more as just understanding and, and patient as we are with a kid, as we are with our woman, that would go a long ass way. And so my journey has been to damn like understand. You can translate. You have the skills. Yeah. Because my daughter showed me it is capable. I can be loving. I can do that. And so I didn't know I had the capability to do that until right. my daughter. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's in me. Right, right, right. So now I can't have that excuse because now I see I choose to do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I agree with that. What you no. think? No, I, I agree 100 percent with what you're saying. But, but what was you what was you saying about you know what I'm saying like no I I just wanted to be a a, a positive uh, role model in, in my child's life and show them the way that a man is supposed to treat a woman and I, I and I would hope that 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 she would expect that from you know her partner or significant other that she chooses in the future because it's all about being a positive role model show her that okay a man is supposed to love you a man is supposed to do certain things for you this is the type of man that you want in your life and I just wanted to instill that in her so whenever she gets out in the real world she gets in the dating world that she'll be able to choose the right mate for her as opposed to you know choosing a, a guy that has different characteristics different traits that uh that's not really going to coincide with with what she needs that's so. a healthy porter damon but okay yeah. <laughs> keep, keep moving Damn, I want to be out all day. It's a marathon, not a That's sprint. what's up, man. That's what's up, man. I think that was a good one, man. We're going to move on to our next topic, man. We want to talk about, about what we're talking about. We want to talk about Drake 
doing some low down dirty grimy stuff allegedly, allegedly. dating Kylie Jenner. What y'all think about that? How's that, wait, hold, how's that grimy? Hold. How is that grimy? How is that grimy? I mean, he just recorded Sicko Mode with Travis Scott. What's that supposed to mean? What, are they best friends? Or? It's going to be a little awkward. That's business, bro. It's gonna be a gonna that's, be a little awkward uh, trying to perform sicko mode when you're sleeping with someone's baby mother. No, it's not. How come it's not? How come it is? Yeah, I'm just saying we're not we not that cool. We just made a song together. I believe you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. That, this is unfortunate. I'm saying this episode I got for me. I got this comment. She a billionaire too, so I thumbs up. I feel bad saying it's just after we had this, you know, loving conversation about being parents and mother. But she belongs to the streets now, man. Okay, you see. Oh, Kylie, Kylie wow. belongs to the streets now? Yeah, man, like. That's community booty. I'm shocked, fellas. I'm, I'm kind of shocked, man. Nah, man, that's, that's all her, man. Like. But how tight are how tight really is yeah, Dre like, we'll and Travis like, Scott? You know, like I get, they be I mean, they, I mean, they had a song together and shit like I that. Get but that. I, mean, I get that. But the optics looks crazy bro, though, man. Like That's just like, out. and I know, I know none of y'all would do nothing like that. But like, she you know, I'm playing. I'm, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. One hundred percent. But that's the same. That's the thing. Like you're putting the persona out there for all of America to see that you two are cool. You're essentially friends. You're partners. Y'all did a song together. You know what I'm saying? And then once they bust up, he's got a daughter, you go like mess with his chick, bro. Well, I mean, we don't know Wait. we don't know the circumstances. The optics, the op I'm yeah. saying the optics of it. You know what I'm saying? No, no, Yo, I agree. I'ma be real. I, I feel that shit because the nigga talking to my baby mama right now, I know that nigga. And yeah, I felt like it was some shit like you should have asked me. Yeah, it's you know what I'm saying. Y'all was cool so, like that, like friends. I mean, I dab him up. Oh. He was my Facebook friend, I Instagram friend. What's up, Lauren? Yeah. Hey, hi. Hey, how you doing? This is Lauren, y'all. We work together. I'm Lauren. Hey, how you doing? Nice. Hope you support us. You watching this podcast? I'm going to tell them to follow us. Wait,我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们我们
That was a strong ass pour I just had. Yeah, I I'm, I'm looking yeah. at y'all like, oh. I'm still good. One more person got interrupt this show. We back? <laughs> that is good though. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shit. We good. Yeah, we, I mean, I didn't cut off the, the audio. I cut off, I cut off the camera. Yeah, we got, uh, but shit, okay. We back so, at it. We back at it. So anyway, yeah, I mean, it is a respect thing. I don't know their personal relationship. But, you know, if you think it's, if it, it, you are always better off safe than sorry to be like, yeah, to be like, you know what I'm saying? If you had any interactions with them, you should, you should probably say something. But yeah, that's, that's me, man. Like we ain't gotta be best friends or something like that. But like, if, if I know you, you know what I'm saying? And we kicked it in some capacity or something like that, bro, it's just like out of respect. You know what I'm saying? Make sure it's you know what I'm saying it's straight before you go down that road. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you in the same type of circles, man, that's that, that's when I think it's kind of messed up. You know what I'm saying? What's up, bro? I ain't saying all the time, man. Like in, in that capacity, you talked about friendship and passing, whatever. Like start up, start up, start up, start up. Okay. Goddamn, man, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Lost my train of thought. That's all I'm saying, right? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing around with these levels, so when when people ain't talking, I'm turning down. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. make sure it's better. When I know somebody's clearly talking, I'm cutting down other people's audio. I'm cutting down my audio when it's over to make sure it's good. That's all I'm saying. So, so I caught you. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't talk for a while, so it's easy to turn your mic down. Right. That's all I'm saying. So you ready? Yeah, you good. I thought it was okay, all so out. So what I was saying is, um, in that capacity of like being friends or just in passing and whatnot, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure anybody at this table will understand, like, I'm not going to try to talk to Trace if anything ever happened between y'all. Yeah, you know what I'm nah, saying? I get that. Out of respect, period. Right. You know, like, it, even if I didn't know you on that level, but I know you, I would know not. I can't mess with that dude. You know what I'm saying? That's a chick. Yeah. Even Steve, if I ask you, like, I, that feel awkward for me. Because if we that kind of, if we that cool at all, you know what I'm saying? We know each other in passing, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to be in the same area together. So I'm going to show up with her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I think about stuff like that, man. I, I could never. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but, no, that, but that's different, though. Like, like all of us at tables at the table, we all brothers. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So th there's no way in hell that any of us would do something like that. Right. But you don't know what other people think. Other I people mean, think that okay, this this dude is acquaintance. I I know him. I really don't know him like that. I don't kick kick it with him on the individual basis or whatever. It's usually typically like in a crowd and stuff like that. So. I can see how some people be like, you know what? But I work, but he worked with the cat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when you that, work with somebody, different. that's that. That yeah, yeah. That's no, I feel, it, I feel you. I feel you 100. It's, it's hard for me to spend like their relationship. I ain't saying like they best friends and stuff like that, and they hugging all the time, and shit like that. The, the, but. Thing, the thing, the thing about it that makes it potentially disrespectful is it's not your girl. That's your baby mama. Mm. It's another level. Yeah, it's we got not, kids together. And, 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 and that's where it's like okay. If you fucking with a nigga girl and y'all wasn't cool, there's a certain level where you don't have to say something. I don't know where that line is, but it's somewhere. It's cloudy. That's right, all right. I need to know. Right, right, right. But when a nigga is your baby mama and you got a kid involved, it's different. That's all I got to say. I don't know what the difference is, but it's different. So basically, nah, nah, I feel that. I, th I think it is because we're looking at it through the lens of, oh, yeah, nah, she belongs to the street, blah, blah, blah. But they, have, they had a child together. Yeah. Like that, my man's was in the you know he was in the room when she had the baby. Like you know, I don't know what their living situation was, but like they were at some point cohabitating to raise a child. 
and now they're broken up and then you know drizzy allegedly right because you know all they're saying is that he just he left late at night or some shit like that I mean, but anyways this, like, this looks different out. this looks different from travis scott to drake versus chris brown to drake with rihanna you know what i'm saying that would look different like yeah what was it of course there's no kids of course there's no kids are involved they hanging out together but drake drake chris brown wasn't kicking it like that Listen, there's all these extra uh, factors, right? Like now, you know, what's the baby's name, Stormy? Right? But they or is that I, think so, I think so. But like now, now the baby's seeing another dude, right? And I don't know if Kylie is like not like, you know, introducing other guys into the mix and all that. But like now his, Travis Scott's daughter is seeing another man in the place that Travis Scott was in. Yeah. Right? See what I'm saying? And this is only, you know, this is only alleged, right? You know, it only happened once. But like going, going forward, like that's going to matter. Yeah, right? that baby's going to be confused. his point of view is that. that baby's going to be confused. You know, when you put on sicko mode. We should have finished that shit. I, thought, I heard it's a full version of it. That heard it's a pro, but, no, but, no. but Drake ain't, is he? He's not really dating her though. It's kind of more like he's a smash not, and dash man. type of thing. You know Drake, Drake was sniping her the other day. Like I said, we don't know what the He's just doing Drake shit. Yeah. Don't none of y'all know nothing. Y'all might got no pictures. What's that allegedly? You know what I'm saying? But that's that's what's out there in the streets. I mean, if she like like Kylie hanging up on him, that makes it okay then. If she like hanging up on him and stuff like that, singing his songs and stuff like that, I mean, it's worth taking a look at. Yeah, because you just ain't gonna do that shit for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. She's a billionaire, and she can do whatever fuck she wants. Whatever she wants. Same thing. I'm sorry. We just made a song together. Travis, you better shut up. I buy your masses. Yo, it's like because I know some. I know some people I ain't talked to in years. That. But if you talk to my baby mama, though. Yeah, if you talk to my wife, my baby mama, like after the fact, I'm like, hey, nigga, we got a problem, bro. <laughs> Yo, y'all hear that shit? Y'all listen to that interview with Matt Barnes, nigga? Matt oh, Barnes him and Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. No. That shit, that's, man. That's weird, though, man. These Fish is foul for that, dog. He stole her, He's a certified hoe. Oh, 100%, dog. He stole that chick from Matt Barnes, right? No, well, no, nah, I don't necessarily think he stole they were, they were done. They, they, they were, were done. Yeah. But, 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 but I'm never, pre- it's like, I'm never on, going in a married nigga house. Oh, he's in his house? He was in his house with his what? kids. Yeah. Like dating, like just, in his, it don't matter. Nigga. It don't matter. It don't matter. That's wild, man. It don't matter. If you in my house, <laughs> if you in my house and I'm still getting over you, you in my house with my kids and I didn't know. And we played together though? Hey. Come on, man. Did they? We, yes. There was no teams? Yeah. The Lakers, nigga? Come oh, on, bro. They oh, won a championship together, bro. Celebrity stuff, bro. That happens. Oh, it's just, it's nah. Fisher like, yeah. hairline no still way. intact. Huh? Is this hairline still intact? I don't know. Derek Fisher? Nah, he yeah. said that yeah, shit a long okay, time ago. That's, that's a real question. <laughs> <laughs> that, should be, that should be a topic next week, like all these NBA players that still got their hairline intact. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Dion went, Dion had finger waves last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tried to figure out How? How? He said, if you can buy a booty. You can buy your hairline. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> hey man, I mean, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, man, it's it's just some shady stuff, bro. At the end of the day, man. Yeah. For me, they're not cool. I get it. Who's your billionaire? What's worse, what Jordan Woods did? That's her name, right? The other Kardashian scandal. Yeah, Jordan Woods. Oh, I think Jordan Woods Jordan is Wood? way wrong. I, I think that's more wow. wrong than uh. Because because they are, they, they, their relationship is based off of them being friends. Drake and Travis Scott is based off of off of work. That 
that's how they were united. So I think that's totally two different things, bro. So I, I think that Jordan Woods thing is uh, is disrespectful as hell. I mean, if you think about it, the narrative's the same. All he, all we know is. Jordan Woods left. I mean, I don't know what the story is. Yeah, know. yeah, we don't necessarily know. We just go off of what we hear left, in, the, in the media. Right, just like Drake allegedly just left late. Right, they both have the same kind of like you know storyline. Right. So, so what's, I mean, real talk. What's worse? And we don't even know if Travis Scott and Drizzy like are really close. Yeah. You know, beyond just the sickle mode or whatever. Can, can we find that part out first, please? I mean, like we don't know any of this stuff. It's alleged. Well, I tell you, Chad, I'm kind of shocked by your response, brother. I'm just saying, man. It's a I mean, I get it. I mean, it's and, and even still, so what if Drake, what if Drake, what if they were just hanging out, just kicking it? They, they ain't do nothing like sexual. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> already, already, but listen, though, a relationship type. And it, what, if he went to Travis and say, hey, man, can we take it to that next level? You think that's cool? No, you can't keep kiss my girl. Nigga. No. But you just said, look, but Chris just said, okay, I mean, you got to come at least address him. You know what I'm saying? Right? I mean, Chris, Chris not okay with that shit. <laughs> He's not. I, I, I can tell. But I would have, I would have respected it. Yeah. Because, yeah. because I can't tell you what to do. But I was like, yo, I, I, men are about respect. Right. If you, I mean, men ain't even about love. Right. Men are about respect. Exactly. Yeah. You ain't gotta love me. You ain't gotta like me. Like Shannon Sharp said, you ain't gonna disrespect me. Yeah, and I don't want to be blindsided with that shit. He That's got blindsided by so that shit. So all I just want you to do is like, let me know. But here's the kicker: if your girl came on some. On some thought shit though. Here's the that's the that's the curve. Because if if I wasn't even worried about you and she came at me on some like yo 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 when it's bada bing bada boom, I'm not about to stop what I'm doing to call you. If it's like a prolonged thing, but what if it was a one night thing? What if it was like yo you know what I'm saying? Like you can't expect that nigga to go to the bathroom and be like, yo, I just wanna let you know. I just wanna let you know yo yo your baby mama on my dick. Yeah. Right oh, excuse now. me. Excuse my language, but not really. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't, I can't do that for you. Yeah, so it, it depends on the situation. And 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 if you got chose, you got chose. Yeah. But like but ah. if you chose her, that's different, bro. How are you still gonna be able to determine if he got chose though? That's the thing though. You're not gonna know that. You not. Yeah. yeah. But the circumstances, context does matter. Context does matter. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So like, if if, if, if if she was just hoeing out there, and she was like, yo, I want, I want to see what the seat got about. I don't know shit. I don't know. I don't know. If that's how she felt. Yeah. That's that's different than if I I went bit her head off. Yeah, that's grimy. I don't know. If you bit her head off, that's that you bit off my you bit off somebody. Even if that wasn't your your your, your homie, you bit off a business relationship. You still went at that, and that can maybe. Still mess your money up. I don't know. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Nothing happen to him with this money. This go, if anything, it's gonna boost it. I mean, yes. he, he attached it to Kylie now. You know what I'm saying? If it's true, I mean, it don't even matter. I mean, it's in the air. Hold on, man. I want to give a shout out to somebody. Man, come on, CP. Come on, come on. Now. It's my AD, my AD in the AD building. What is that? Hey, AD. I want to say something on here. Ain't nobody's been saying me enough. No, because I, y'all know, I left education. You know what I'm saying? And we don't have a lot of black men in education. So I was so pleasantly surprised when I found out that my boy, that that Prater went to become a teacher. That shit is that right? That shit is crazy. So I want, 
we about to make a hold on. I want you to say something about this real quick. You might make this a whole different segment, but I want to. That shit is fucking dope to me because yeah, not dope. just and yeah, not absolutely. just not just education, but elementary. When I tell you this man right here is a unicorn, that don't exist, bro. It don't. Period. I I had an eighth grade algebra teacher. I said that's another unicorn. But to have a black man algebra teacher, I mean, sorry, a black male elementary teacher. So speak on that. Like, what's the been experience about what what's that experience has been for you, especially making a transition into it, and then what you see. Like, that's crazy. Well, man, my, my transition into education. We gotta get real close. We gotta get close, close. Okay. My transition to education kind of came because I wanted to help black and brown boys primarily who were from the community that I'm in, you know, and it's that neighborhood that's in every major city in America where people kind of make you feel like that you can't be successful and that your only way out of the hood is if you can shoot a basketball, run a football, run track, or sell dope. So it kind of gives, you know, the young black and brown boys in the classroom, like that representation to see that, hey, it's more to life than that. Not only that, but education has afforded each one of these men up here that's in front of this microphone an opportunity to make decisions for whatever they want to do with their life. Whether they want to go into social work, go into you know, the armed forces and the military, whether they want to step out and start their own businesses, whether they want to uh, you know, be a manager, a district manager in a, in a Fortune 500 company in this country, education provides them those opportunities to decide. So, so many times, you know, our, our, our youth don't have decisions. I mean, they don't, they're not able to make decisions. So when they're 18, 19, 20 years old, they're told, go do this job. They're told, go to that warehouse. Or either they end up in behind bars or dead where they're being told the same thing. So that's kind of what my influence, my driving force behind going into education. That's what's up, man. But when did you know? Because I know you were doing something else. So like, has this been something you has been on your mind? Or so you seen something and then you were like, I got to make it happen? Two years prior to me actually going into education, I started working on my, my teacher certification and doing all the coursework. I really didn't let too many people know about it, but it was something that I was kind of struggling with. But like most men, you know, with the family, you want to be the breadwinner, you want to be the provider, you want to, you know, put making money and chasing that dollar ahead of everything else. What was you doing before that, baby? I worked, uh, I was a district manager and I was a branch manager. So I was, you know, in corporate America and I also worked in outside sales. So I, this was a, it was a, it was a hard pivot to go into education. But at the end of the day, like I feel like I probably should have been doing this sooner just because I don't know how impactful it is. And even though the dollars and cents don't, you know, add up to the same, like I hardly ever feel like I go to work. And you have those so, days where students, you know, push you. And, but a lot of times it's not just them being a bad student or a bad kid. They, they haven't been taught any different. So it's almost like you're molding a lump of clay into what it can and, you know, and should become. And that's an awesome opportunity as a black man to help mold the minds of tomorrow and mold, you know, uh, you know, the behaviors and the characteristics of the next day. Because so many times once they hit middle school, even high school, that mind's made, man. I mean, that, that ticket is punched on what they're going to be yep. and when they're going to do it. So many times, not 100% of the times, but, you you know, it's not uncommon for you to see 13, 14 years old, you know, get felony charges. Like, that's an F, man. That's going to affect yeah. you. You in the trap or you at? You in Oak Cliff or you at? Yeah, I'm in Oak Cliff. I teach in Oak Cliff. I still live in Oak Cliff. Uh, and my family still live in Oak Cliff. I know what a lot of people think. Like Oak Cliff is not Oak Cliff is as large as some small cities. So you know you got different size, different areas. But uh, the socio and economic, you know, culture in Oak Cliff, you know, 
can be kind of, you know, dismal. You know what I mean? Like, so there are not a lot of opportunities. There are a lot of broken homes. There are a lot of, you know, young men and women in those communities dealing with undocumented mental, you know, issues that sometimes go unaddressed. So it's good to be able to step in at a young age and try to, you know, help remedy the situation as best as possible. You know what I mean? You know, I could definitely vouch for this brother, man. We work together and, you know, we've had personal conversations about you know just personal growth where we want to go in life i can tell you man he brought me into the bond he's always been a mentor to me man he's always been great hey i appreciate what you're doing out there brother you got to keep it going you, man that's why i had to stop over here uh shout out to the bros man y'all doing some positive work conversations always enlightening y'all always kind of pushing the envelope that's what's up bro that's what's up we appreciate it bro appreciate it man I'm gonna, have to get that, I'm gonna have to get that uh, Jordan up off of you, though. Know? <laughs> <laughs> can't be in there. <laughs> hey, yeah. My bad on that, y'all. Chad, that's one. Shit. I'm gonna give you one, Chad. That's <laughs> I'm gonna give you one. <laughs> Just gonna give you one. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. And then, bow, 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 bow. Yeah, man. That's, on that air. That shit, that shit is dope, man. That's, and, and so this this was something that reminds me of y'all because I'm about to do a workshop at the SBSLC, which is a, a black student leadership conference at Texas A&M. And I feel like what, what, what Jeremy is eventually going to do and what Prater did is exactly how you do it. Yeah. You go get, you don't start out in the nonprofit. Reach those young minds. You, you first you go get the bag and you get the foundation and you go get the skills because a corporate, whether you like it or not, the corporate and the enterprise is gonna gain skills. When you first get out of school, you gotta go gain skills. The army, you gotta go get skills and networks first. Yeah. And then if you wanna go touch the world, now Prater's in a position he can go do that. Now you can go be a football coach when you want to. Right. So don't ever feel like you didn't do it right. Because to be honest, it's easier to do what you're gonna do than the other way. Right. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's easier to go from business world to nonprofit to education. Right. Because they'll take you, especially back men. You ain't gotta worry about that shit. You right. know what I'm saying? So I always, when my wife thinks I'm playing, but I always joke around and like, hey, as soon as I get out of the army, right, I'm gonna go and be a Texas high school football coach. And it's more so because, like, to my, you know, Father was in the military, retired, all that, but like he was like, you know, he was retiring right when I was in high school and he was like going off to Iraq and shit. So like the actual male figures that I had that had the biggest impact on me were my high school football coaches. Straight up. And I mean, it, yeah, by no means <laughs> by no means is is Colleen, you know, you know, as uh as I guess as dismal or as you know, as as fucked up as some you know, some places in Houston or Dallas. But there are still a lot of broken homes and you need that positive influence of a of a man that is actually that looks like you first and foremost more importantly that's actually successful as a wife as a family is actually gaining some sort of income so it doesn't look you know you know as dismal your future uh, so i mean i i think what Prada did is, is more admirable than, than you know even what i'm doing because you know, Unfortunately, there's a bunch of sociopaths in the right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard, bro, to fight that fight. And to willingly do that, knowing you're going to take a pay cut, that's some real shit. That's why I had to say that. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that was some... But I feel like the path that he did it is also how we do it. Because everybody want to help people. When I right. talk to young kids, they be like, I, wanna, I just want to help people. 
have like you can help a lot of people with your money right 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 right, right. So, you know what i'm saying so you don't have to and, and, and if you do business just because you're in business don't mean you're not helping people yeah no, so, exactly so first we think we got it all mixed up that you got to be for a non-profit just to be helping people and that's not true so like Stephen Covey's thing is always like win-win. Yeah. It's one of the habits in that bitch. I don't know which one is one of them in there. Is try to create a win-win. Try to get the bag and try to gain skills and try to make sure you're marketable. Yeah. And be a, a take those skills and go out and do it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know it's it's, it's harder to grow and climb the ladder in a nonprofit. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure y'all know y'all work many jobs where y'all like yo. If I wanted to stay there, I would have been. At this level by now, oh, yeah. I didn't want to do that because that's not the direction. But you right. still gain a lot of skills because the, the corporate structure, whether we like it or not, is, is fast paced. And if you don't, if you're not performing, you know what I'm saying, then they gonna bring somebody else up in that thing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So. You, you know what's interesting though? When I when I was in high school, I had two high school football coaches. Both were Hayes County noobs. I had no idea until I came to came to Texas State. Yeah, that's crazy. Drennan Fight and Pop Wells. Both of them that's were Hayes up. County noobs. I didn't know until that's I came crazy. to Texas State. In Victoria, I pledged. What high school? Uh, Victoria High. Victoria, Victoria High. High. Memorial High School. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And then then I saw one of them after I pledged or whatever, and you know it was pretty cool, man. It was, it was, up, it was cool. Bro. That's what's up, man. We're gonna shift gears a little bit, man. We're gonna get into you know a uh, uh, public service announcement. As it relates to our brother Rodney Reed, that's incarcerated right now, he's awaiting um, his execution currently, right now. And there's a ton of bipartisan support to get this brother off of uh, that role to be executed, man. So we want to take a, a moment to ask everyone out there, if you can, please sign the petition. I sign the petition. To get this mother, this brother off of uh, death row, please. Hey, yeah, uh, let them know about uh, about his story and yeah. And so with Rodney Reed, you know, apparently, he, you know, of course, he was convicted of a, a crime that essentially there's not enough evidence to back that he actually committed the crime. Um, there's a lot of discrepancies with the DNA evidence. There's a lot of discrepancies with the forensics as far as everything around the case. And everyone is coming together to basically get this brother off of death row. And currently, I know I have it on my page. I don't know if everybody has it on their page, but there's a petition out right now that we can sign to essentially get it to our governor, Greg Abbott, to put a, a hold on execution. So this guy, this this gentleman, this black brother could get his day um, in court the way he should. You know what I mean? So we're asking, you, please, 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 please pay, pay attention to what's going out there and help this brother out. Get him off of death row. I'm I'm surprised that he hasn't been off at this point right now because support is massive across the country. But at the same time, whatever we can do, whether that be protesting, because I know there's a protest that's going on at the governor's mansion today, um, right now. But whatever you can do to support this brother, please get out there and do your job. See, I, I think it's an unfortunate situation of, of bad timing when it comes to him, because the reason w why he the reason why he was arrested was because he did attempt to rape someone and he did assault someone. And it was in the same manner as what he got uh, what he got arrested for. So uh, so it, it was it was bad timing. So that is one of the main reasons why he is locked up as of right now, because he he committed a crime that was very similar to the murder that he got charged for in 1996. 
So yeah. it, 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 it's very bad time. It doesn't necessarily mean he did it. And like what you were talking about with the DNA, the forensic and all that other stuff. Uh, it's, it's just a very unfortunate situation for him. And I do and I do want to be clear. You know, if the brother did commit a crime, oh, he's then not he, he needs to, you know, basically pay for the consequences of those uh, of those crimes that he committed. I'm not saying that, but if he didn't commit a crime to a point where he has to be executed, then we need to basically do our part, you know, to make sure that he gets off a of death row too at the same time. Right, exactly. So, I, yeah, I'm definitely in, I'm with you on that, Jeremy. If, he, if he's out here raping people, then, I mean, of course you can't. Right. You know, absolve him of those those sins, but we want to make sure that he's paying for the crime, the crimes that he committed. Exactly, and and that's the thing about it. What do y'all think? It's uh, it's something that kind of hits me. Uh, I don't know, I I don't know all the story, but I, I hope I hope it's it's very few things personally. I think that you should die for. Uh, very few things that we have a, a responsibility to, I mean, sorry, uh, a right to say you should lose your life over. And I'm not a pacifist. I wouldn't say that, but it's very few things that I should be like, yo, you deserve to die for what you did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not, a, you know, I wouldn't be crazy. I wouldn't be like shocked if somebody said like the Charleston person murdered. Like, you know, that's that's one thing. But. It's really crazy of like that whole death penalty situation and who you feel like should lose their life, you know what I mean? So I hope we, I hope justice is served, whether whatever that may be, you know what I mean? But I'm rarely I'm on the train where I be like somebody should lose their life. You know what I'm saying? Because I just feel like they're different people and I feel like in this situation with the evidence and based on what I know at minimum it's something you should at least look into at minimal at minimal you know what I'm saying if you kill somebody better be a slam fucking dunk you know what I'm saying because at the end of the day that's on the conscience of the people who do it and you know this is not Game of Thrones you don't just behead a nigga you know what I'm saying like it's just like it's different bro we can be we can be civil in this so I hope I hope whatever and he's right down the street in Bastrop so he's not far at all from us he's down the street and so I did sign a petition, and I still need to look more into it. But supposedly there were DNA evidence that would, if presented to, yeah, if it was presented to a jury, he probably wouldn't be in that situation. But I didn't know what Jeremy was saying. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't know I didn't that. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just bad timing. So yeah, he 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 did commit a crime where he did attempt to rape someone and he did assault someone so that so their whole thinking was okay he did this so he must have committed that murder and then another thing with the ex-fiance the ex-fiance said that uh and this was the fiance of, of the woman that passed said that, that she left like at three or four o'clock uh a.m from the house to go to a, a job but then they found out that whenever they tested the body the body had been deceased prior to that three o'clock that that he said that she left the house so they him her and the, the fiance were together at that particular time and a lot of the the uh the evidence is leading back to the fiance as as the killer i mean just a simple fact that it's a innocent man you know what i'm saying being charged with something he did not do and about to lose his life is i mean it's unacceptable Need to change these these rules that we have behind bars, man. These these different states. Like, this shit is getting ridiculous, man. Like I'm, I'm just reading this, man. They're saying that his DNA has no match to anything that was involved in that case. 
So what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't get it. The unfortunate part of this trying to play devil's advocate is that so DNA and you know DNA may not be the smoking gun in this particular case. I, I I'm not as familiar as everyone else, but you know we just got to be cognizant that yes. So they're on on either side. One is he committed this very very similar crime to what he's being uh, indicted for, right? Hopefully due process does wins out. But, you know, I, I guess the, one, the main question for me is, like, who's actually representing him, you know? And, you know, if, if DNA is his only smoking gun, you know, that may not be a good look, you know, especially, you know, it pending over here you know, over the next couple of weeks. So I, I, I'm not as familiar. I, I would just hope that, you know, if, if, if his representation's, like, angle is to, you know, use DNA as a smoking gun for his innocence, um, then, it, you know, to be quite honest, I don't think it's looking too good. Um, but I hope I hope due process does wins out, and, you know, and, and if he is indeed guilty, then you know, you know, he gets what's coming to him. But if he's not, you know, he gets uh, he gets exonerated. So I think the goal at the end of the day is just we want people to put their eyes on it and make sure that they're being conscious about what's going on out there in society and making sure that you have the right information whether you know that be you researching on your own or just you know following you know the people that are really in tune with what's going on out there um as it relates to rodney reed so you know this is just a psa you know take a look at it if you feel compelled to sign the position the petition please sign the petition and that's all i got on it all right, yo, what's up? We back. It's the Wild Us Podcast, man. We want to get into our main topic of the day. Can we just talk college stories? God damn it. Man, we got some college stories, but we want to we wanna keep the main topic focused on being an African-American male in a predominantly white university, PWU. So what do y'all think, man? I, I got some stories. I'll let y'all start it off. You know hey, I got some stories. I personally want to speak on joining a black, you know, historically black organization at APWU. Specifically because when I came out of high school, I was like, Oh, institution, my bad. So when I came out of high school, I was like, yo, man, I want to pledge. I want to do this, this, and another, but I'm going to Texas State. I, I was like, man, they're, they're not there. And then when I showed up, right, uh, ironically, the first major, you know, majority black organization was Black Men United. And they did some, like, poetry shit at the orientation, yada, yada, yada. More book. importantly, that's when I saw the noops. At my first party, and then from then on, man, it, it was it was a blessing. Like, my, you know, more importantly, because if you look at the at the metrics, right, Chris, you scaring the shit out of me right now, man. More importantly, if you look at the numbers, yeah, it's live right now. So Texas State at the time. No, we didn't. Chris, you scared. This is this is my link. This is my tail. Stop! My tail. Don't touch me. Just regular guy, Chris. Hello. Hey. But but on some on some It's my personal bodyguard, yeah. so if you ever get out I'm talking, of line, I'm talking shit you know to everybody tonight. <laughs> hey, so realistically though, so at the time that we all pledged and went to school, what's that? It was thirty thousand so you know, thirty thousand people. Actually I'm just trying to be a regular on this show. Hey so to my point, there were thirty thousand undergraduate <laughs> students at the time where you know when I went to school here. The majority of the population of minority students was about 3,000. So it felt like a high school experience to a certain degree because, you know, chances are, you know, to put it in like young 
you know, young student terms, if you had sex with somebody, chances are that somebody knew the next person and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, that small community, you know, all the bonds that you see right now, like, you know, this, this is the, you know, the black, you know, alumni, Texas, you know, Texas State alumni, uh, like, deal or whatever. And you can kind of see that, you know, the camaraderie and all of the, you know, networking and I guess, you know, just all the friendships that have lasted over the last 10 years. And I've been graduated for about 12 years, but I still treat homecoming here as a, as a big highlight during the fall season for me because it, it gives me a chance to come back to my alma mater and more importantly, hang out with the people that kind of shaped and molded me to become the successful person that I am now. So those are my, you know, three to five minutes because of Chris on the black experience at a predominantly white institution. Well, I mean, when I came here, I came in here and what? Shit. <laughs> I can't remember, like, 2002. It's about 20 years ago. Yeah, man. So yeah. I came in 2002, man. So, I, I mean, none of y'all was here. You know what I'm saying? So, 20. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, I got in, got in 2002, man. Your so, hair is telling us the truth. See, there you go, man. <laughs> I'm just my, playing, man. My hair's still there, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's two. Hey, that's strike two. <laughs> you started it just now, though. That's strike two. <laughs> hey, that's why you try to hide behind the screen, nigga. Stop playing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, man, so when I got here, man, it was crazy because, I mean, like, I'm from Houston, south side of Houston. So, man, I'm, I, all, I, all I know is black. And I come out here, I'm in the classroom, like, 150 kids. Every last one of them white. Everyone, I'm the only black kid in class, man. This shit was crazy. Like, the only place that I could meet black people on campus was in a quad. That was it. Like, if you ain't see anybody in the choir, you weren't going to see nobody for, like, the next two, three days in school, man. You know, it was crazy. So when I came in, it was 995 African-American students at the school. You know what I'm saying? And it was 30,000-plus students enrolled at Texas State. So just imagine that, man. You know, it's wild. So, I mean, I, there were black groups here. I didn't know anything about them. Then finally, when I did find about me, like nobody ever like really had approached me. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, now it was a, it was a crazy experience when I uh, started school here, man. I think I had two white roommates. I lived in the uh, I can't even remember the name of the hall, but it was where the, all the athletes stayed. I want to say it was Bear Hall, Blanco. Yeah, it was in Blanco Hall. I had two white roommates, man, and. You know, we went out every weekend. I'm talking about shit face drunk to the point that I didn't even remember what happened the day before. <laughs> I was like, I just got back in my bed and I was like, how did I get here at the end of the day? But man, it was it was a good experience. But I, I will say as far as like being connected with the African-American community, I was sitting by myself uh, just eating lunch one day and that was normal. I, I really didn't care. I was, I was having a good time at school. But I had a couple of brothers that came up to me from BMU and BSA reach out to me, kind of put their arms around me and say, hey, man, we want you to start coming into these meetings with us and stuff like that. And, you know, just get introduced to, you know, the African-American culture that's here at Texas State. And when I found that, I found that we were like really like tight and close knit, like everybody knew everybody at school. And then I took it upon myself to get involved in those organizations. I got involved in the executive boards as far as BMU and BSA. And I started trying to be a mentor of some sorts or whatever that means with, you know, people like Chris, when he came into school or Dre, 
and and Greg, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, I just started seeing the proofs of it. We started growing like to massive levels. And then of course, I ran into a couple of brothers with Kappa Alpha Psi. I always wanted to be a Kappa because my uncle was a Kappa, so I had some legacy there. But I jumped into the fraternity, did you know what I had to do to get through the process, and you know, ever since then, it's been. You mean the it's been amazing. Hours. I'm in my LB. And we take a test. That yeah, I took a test. Yeah, it's okay. written, written for him. You know, I'm in my LBs. You know, Jeremy, Chad, Dino, of course, Haywood. We brought him into the bun. So like that. It's just been great at this point right now, man. So I think that if you were in a predominantly white university, you got to get to a point where you find that African American community, connect with them, build with them grow with them like talk about your life experience and stuff like that because that's what ultimately helped me get to the position where i'm at right now i i think the uh i think the fact that we had these you know both you know greek organizations as well as african you know predominantly african-american organizations helped show us that yeah you know depending on or regardless of where you came from right so for example like my my like army town you know we had a melting pot of all types of minorities. If anything, yeah. like the minority was the majority. So when I did come here, it was a culture shock, you know, a culture shock to a certain extent. But I think my experiences here, not only joining a, you know, a black Greek letter organization, but being around all of those, you know, minority organizations, it kind of so it showed me, hey, you you not only can coexist, but kind of like in stride, be a part of, you know, the larger, you know, the larger part of the United States, which is predominantly, you know. Caucasian, you know, and it showed me like, hey, you you can coexist and you can not only achieve but you know find success, you know, comparatively speaking, you know, with you know with people that you know may not necessarily look like you. And I, I think Texas State definitely shaped the way I view the world, and more importantly, you know, how I attack the world, you know, to continually succeed. You know, and then obviously I had, you know, that did have some parts with you know this Greek letter organization where we took the test and then we became Kappas immediately. Yes. So, so I think that's interesting that Dino said that because different people come from different experiences, and so, like if if Colleen, Colleen and Houston are more diverse than Austin, and so his experience was learning how to deal with white people. My experience was connecting more to my culture, not because it's a lot of black people here, but because. I joined BMU and I joined the frat and it was black people who looked out for me and I became more culturally connected because I didn't have that at my hometown. And so ironically, if it's kind of like, yo, if, if you from black, if you around black people, hey, you know, I'm kind of like, yo, go ahead, go to HBCU, continue that. But and, but if you go to a, a, a PWI, it's like in order to get that, you're going to have to be in the circle of the of the fraternal life or the 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 social black greek lord of the black organizations otherwise you might not get that cultural and studies show what keeps you at school is the social aspect not the educational aspect so it's something you have to look into what is the greek life what is the social life like in terms of organizations because that's what literally I mean my trajectory of my life like I didn't I wasn't around it's not like the people in Austin there's black people in Austin but it, it was always black and Mexican it was always like minority black it was like few black people whole bunch of Mexican people yeah. you know what I'm saying like that's just the dynamic so I raised around black and Mexican people or Mexican and black people so, and so I didn't get I didn't get the chance to really like 
embrace my culture till I got here. And it didn't even get deep until like later on. And so we didn't talk about issues about black people and, and where I was at because, you know what I'm saying? That just wasn't what we did. So. And before we get in, right, Jeremy, what was your experience, man? So with me, it's pretty cool. So for me, all the way up to seventh grade, when, when in terms of schooling, I went to private school and then I went to a public school that was predominantly white. Okay. And then I ended up going to a, a black, I, I wouldn't say more predominantly black school, but, but it was a whole lot more black and Hispanic people when I went to high school and stuff like that. So it, 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 it was very interesting. So, so coming to Texas State, I, I knew... I knew how it was to uh, to go to a, a predominantly white school, so it, it, it was something that was very familiar with me uh, and stuff like that. So, kind of what what Chris was touching on it, it, it is, I guess, kind of connecting more on on the black side uh, when I came to, to Texas State. And a prime example of that was, you know, joining Kappa Alpha Psi. You know what I'm saying? To to have y'all brothers and stuff like that. I really wasn't uh, in the the BMU and all the Black United uh, organizations and stuff like that but you know to be able to to have a a, a bond with y'all whenever i uh i joined uh capital was a was a great thing because like growing up when it came to sports i mean sports I, you, you know you deal with with everybody all all races and stuff like that but uh but but coming to college and 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 being a part of cap alpha psi uh I know it sounds kind of crazy or whatever, but uh, I, I just think that I was I was more immersed in the culture here uh, when I joined Cap Alpha Psi than what I had been previously and stuff like that. And uh, it's been a great thing. Uh, but I I knew how to maneuver in a more predominantly white college because I was accustomed to that growing up and stuff like that. So. I mean, as you can see, as far as Texas State is concerned, man, we've been thriving as African-American community. And I don't know if you see behind us. I mean, we've as we started the episode, you've seen the progressive growth as far as the people that are here and represented in the African-American community, man. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It wasn't like this when I first came to Texas State. But as time progressed, I think more and more people started getting, you know, aware of the university and, and started growing with the university. And seeing, it, it, it literally you know, grew when we was in school. Like, the, yeah. the, oh, the, 100%. The, the population grew and it's boomed even more since then. Yeah. Do y'all know Jake, what the percentage is as of right now? Not at this I want to say it's close to 10. And when we were in school, what, what do you think it was? Probably about close to the six, five or six. Yeah. Six, five. I think I think what's what's even more important is the fact that like you you know once again like to, to just go on the theme of representation you saw you know upperclassmen you know who looked like you that not only were they succeeding but they were like they were winning you know and it made it it made it to the point where you're like oh shit like this shit's possible like it isn't a matter of like hey I'm just gonna make it you know average you know I'm just gonna try to make it through like no you you could see that a, a you know a predominantly black organization could succeed you know and the members of those organizations could go on post-college to succeed even more right yeah. and then you know to come back like every every single year at every single homecoming you continue to see more and more people and the network continues and 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 the growth of the you know the the population here because i think you know to be quite honest i think the population was always there however we didn't have the, the proper representation of black you know black organizations or, or black greek letter organizations here to actually bring everybody together and kind of see like okay yeah 
you know, people are here, you know, we're, we are succeeding. The organization, you know, we're here, we're organized. Like, if you want to join, yada, 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 it, it's cool. But, like, yes, you can come to a familiar, you know, a familiar place, you know, specifically, you know, after joining a unfamiliar location like coming to a PWI. So. And I couldn't, I can't speak for, you know, the HBCU experience, but I can't speak for my experience with school. I can say that every, every relationship that I've gained while I was here at Texas State has been meaningful to a, a whole different level. I think that, and I'm not trying to shit on HBCUs, but I think that as far as the African-American community, everybody's so close and tight-knit. It's kind of taboo to say, like, I have a best friend in Branston who's an alpha. You know, unfortunately, he made the wrong decision as far as picking a fraternity, but he is my he is my friend at the end of the day. And I support him. <laughs> See, I feel like and I support him. I, so you know I've, I've dated a girl who went to FAMU. I've dated a girl who went to FAMU, and it was like crazy. Like it's it's the same in terms of it's it's bigger scale, but it still has its blessings because no matter what I found is it happens on both scale. It's just a larger scale at HBCU, but. I guarantee you, we wouldn't feel the same about college if we wasn't in the bond. You know what I'm saying? Because it's another level. Because I know people who like, they don't come to homecoming because they don't have the bonds we have. It's not that it's not just we went to the school. Like, and so what I thank God for Kappa is Kappa brought rituals and principles and rites of passage that I never had. So when a nigga told me pimp or die, you know what I'm saying? Like. That's some shit I think about all the time. And if you know me on Facebook, my thing is create or die. And I got that shit. I was spin off what I learned from y'all niggas and, and, and how I learned what excuses are and what all that shit. Like, that shit principles that a man should live by. And I didn't have no man teach me that shit. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you did have a man, but he wasn't buy shit. So... Maybe, I mean, so rights of, rights of patches, a bar mitzvah, a quinceanera, there are times in your life where you structure rites of passage on the Romans and you'd be like gladiators and shit. Like there were certain things you did. And I never forget before I went through my members membership orientation process, I remember how I prayed and I was like, I saw this as something that was gonna make me a better man. And that shit like has been exceeded all my expectations. And so I'm so thankful. And I think uh, everybody pretty much feels the same way about their organization, about how it made them grow like that. I'm so I'm so thankful. I think that's the uh, I, uh, to be quite honest, I think that's a distinct advantage we have, you know, joining a you know, a black Greek letter organization, you know, as opposed to being an HBCU at an HBCU. Everybody looks like you, right? So like it's too easy, you know, it, it's too easy to just like go somewhere and like, oh, I see the same type of person. When you join a Black Greek letter organization at a, you know, at a PWI, it's like, okay, I finally got that familiarity back to seeing like someone that's actually successful, and then like, you know, it's driving me to be better. Like there, are, there's some, there's there are some things that like, you know, that we went through that have shaped how I view things, you know, for 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 my career, you know, like I. There's nothing that I'm like, oh shit, that's just possible. That, that ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I have done, I have done worse things, or you know, or, or have overcome odds that I was like unfamiliar with. You know, uh, you know, during my you know particular process, that test was crazy. But like, you know, I view things now in the world, you know, through a different ledge, just for the simple fact that I joined, you know, Kaplan, and more importantly, that I know other people that have gone through their own particular process. I'm like, man, this shit ain't. 
It's nothing. Right. But, but check this out, though. You, we privileged to have done our process at a PWI because I'm happy I don't have 18 LBs. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Now y'all got about this. Y'all got about I think the max. Well, I don't want to say that because the Deltas, because the Deltas, I can't imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine bonding with 20 people and knowing everything about them. So I feel like literally my mem my memory is y'all like 11, 10, 11, like that. I can't even imagine this shit. But like, I see certain lines do their thing and they like got 50 lbs. How? That's not possible. I don't care what nobody say. That's that's not possible. Yeah, exactly. So it's crazy, oh, you know, because everybody talks up? about, you know, when you join a fraternity, when you join something like Kappa Alpha Psi, you're uh, essentially paying for friends. But it's it's no way near that. You know, I feel like as far as my process in the bond, I've gained like essentially, you know, family members like as far as Jeremy, Chris, Chad, even Rudd, Dean, you know, even Rudd. Tim, AJ, Timmy, Timmy, get that though. And, and that motherfucker was the hard. He actually is the rock of the line. That motherfucker was the hardest nigga online, hands down. Timmy Tayo, Gadado. My main brother Dino, like, recorded. like, if if you don't understand, like, at least with my LBs that are here right now and everybody that's abroad right now, like, we went through a process that, like. I wouldn't change for anything, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. It was like something that was necessary for us to grow together. And these guys are my brothers here at the table. It's like I'll do anything that I can within my means to help them, and vice versa. I know they do the same for me. So it's 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 just like if, if you had that you know that opportunity. If you're not at an HBCU, which we recommend highly, uh, recommend highly. If you end up coming to a, a university that's predominantly white, you know, connect with your African American community. Yeah, Make man. sure that you're connecting with them 100 percent and doing, you know, the work out in the community too at the same time. So, that's man, so true. It's, it's dope, man. Appreciate y'all. I, I I I agree, man. I agree. It's a beautiful thing, and. I think, uh, again, I'm a big fan of HBCU, so I'm going to advocate for that. I would prefer her go to HBCU, but it's one thing. I would if I would want my, my son or my daughter to pledge. Excuse me. I want my I want my I want my my daughter to be Greek. I want her to be Greek. And I prefer to date Greek, and I like that shit. Oh, before, hey, we got Big Brother Celebrity status Big Brother celebrity on the status. camera. Come on, come on. We record on, right now. Hey, yo, this is our poll mark when we came through. This is our poll mark. His we name is if Brian you're mark, Ware. That means president. Hey, right here, right here. No, no, no. I, 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 to be quite honest, Are you my showrunner? I think, no, no, no. Real talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Have a seat. Hey, no. Real talk. I really do. Big Brother really Celebrity status, man. Comments. Are you okay? Hold on, well, let's ask you a question. Big Brother Celebrity status, are you okay? Are you good today? <laughs> no, I'm doing great. I'm doing, I'm doing really well. <laughs> no, no. So because we got a video of you, hunched over. I don't know. Hey, real talk though. The, 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 the question. Hey, the, the question is like, how do you feel that coming to a predominantly white institution? And being part of a black Greek led organization has shaped the way you kind of view the world and how you, you know, how you go through life. 
that's a loaded question, Dino. So I'm, 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 I'm it's, it's, it's a good question. Yeah, I'm gonna pack that. Question. I'm gonna pack it on a couple different levels. I think going to a historically white institution is different for different people, right? So if you lived in a neighborhood and everyone around you looked the same, like if you lived in a black neighborhood or a Hispanic neighborhood, or if you lived in a mixed neighborhood, which is not, uh, which is not uncommon for our generation, you know, you have different experiences. So I grew up in Houston. I went to school with everybody. So when I got to school, it wasn't, it wasn't like an adjustment because I'm used to there not being a lot of black people, but in a way, because of that, the black community here was a lot more inclusive. The second piece to that is there's a family element for me, more so than maybe for other people. So my sister went to school here, and so when I got here, she was a Delta. I experienced Greek life through her. Um, and then I have a grandfather and an uncle who are also members of Cap Alpha Psi. So uh, for me, it was an opportunity um, to elevate my college experience. Um, but I think the big thing that it gave me was it gave me a connection to the black experience at a white institution. So a lot of people, and this is controversial, I think I talked to somebody, one of y'all about this, but there's a guy who I went to Texas State with who tried to pledge capital, who didn't get picked. Capital. No, I'm mean, not naming the name, but guy didn't get picked. A couple of years ago on Facebook, he wrote a post that says, I recommend all the kids I come in contact with go to only HBCUs because they won't get the right experience if they go to a historically white university. And to me, that, that struck a chord with me because being in a fraternity, going to a historically white university, I can put on these letters, I can put on the jacket, I can go to a meeting, and it doesn't matter what school I went to, I'm in the same bond as you. And it bothered me because he's telling young kids that they can't have a certain experience if they don't go to a certain school. And that's not true. Um, so that's, you know, that's most of it packaged up for you, Dino. I mean, we live in America, man. It's like, you gotta, you gotta know how to deal with the people that run things in America and get what you need. You know, I can, uh, I can definitely personally say as far as my experience at Texas State, man, I, you know, I have to give this brother his flowers while he's here. He definitely took an opportunity to put his arms around me as much as possible, even before I got into the bun and after I got into the bun to kind of teach me what he's learned within his you know, experience within Texas State University. So, Brian, I definitely appreciate everything that you've done. And, man, I, you know, at the end of the day, I know that, you know, your intentions were good while we were here at Texas State, and you did everything to keep our chapter in, in the good graces, brother. So I appreciate everything that you've done while we were here, brother. But, yo, hey, that's been another episode of the Why Not Us podcast, brother. We appreciate y'all rocking with us, We got to wrap man. this up at 17. Hey, please like, subscribe. Please like, reach out to us as much as possible. We want to see reviews, comments. We want to see the likes. We want to see what we can do to get better as a, as a podcast. And we thank y'all, man. We thank y'all for rocking with us. Peace. Hey, peace. peace. Peace.